Hello and welcome to Is Mayonnaise a Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Omar Lopez, and I'm here with Blindbeard the Pirate. Joshimo. Does that make you Peggy? I was going to do Peggy, but I like Blindbeard. <laughs> it's it's more uh, accurate because you actually have some facial hair. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, for those of you listeners who have no idea what Josh looks like, you can find out on our website. And you can see his magnificent, gigantic red beard yeah that's invisible thank you all for giving us a listen and for joining us we're in this podcast where we take classic spongebob episodes and find some nice little life lessons for you all to enjoy and learn from because we all could learn something every day really heartwarming yeah it's very very heartwarming (laughs) so this week we're gonna hop right into this episode where we check out season one episode 17 arg and rock bottom arg (laughs) 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 it's a very slow day at the crusty crab where mr Krabs is sweaty for money (laughs) he's so sweaty because everyone is not coming to the crusty crab and spongebob and patrick decide to play a little board game to pass the time and convince mr Krabs to play as well and the board game's called the flying dutchman's treasure hunt they start to play and mr Krabs ends up being really really good at the game and loving it a little too much and finally, after 17 wins in a row, SpongeBob and Patrick are like, you know, Mr. Krabs retired. SpongeBob literally takes Patrick and puts him over his shoulder, and he's just like, this, I'm going home. And so at home, SpongeBob is confronted by none other than Mr. Krabs, who is there with the board game, itching to play another round. And SpongeBob's trying to kick him out, and eventually Mr. Krabs gets so annoying that even SpongeBob screams at him to finally let him go to sleep. So Mr. Krabs, you know, kind of defeated, he leaves. And when SpongeBob wakes up in the morning, we see that Mr. Krabs is there, ready to go. And SpongeBob's like, oh my God. He opens the window and realizes Mr. Krabs is on a ship dressed as a pirate and he's ready to go on a real treasure hunt. SpongeBob and Patrick are convinced to tag along with him and they hop on the ship. And sure enough, they're on their voyage to find this hidden treasure. They're in this ship and eventually they crash into this giant rock. And they decide to continue on foot, asking Patrick, which way do we go? Patrick gives the wrong directions, and they end up walking 10,000 paces in the wrong direction. Finally, they walk 10,000 paces in the correct direction, or I guess 20,000 paces, because they had to go back forth, back more. Um, And Patrick and SpongeBob want to go home, and Mr. Krabs is finally like, you know what? I thought I was going to have a loyal crew, and he kind of guilts them. And eventually, they're like, you know what? Fine, we are going to be loyal and it decided to make camp for the night. While it's nighttime, Patrick and SpongeBob are so excited uh, to help Mr. Krabs and to prove that they're a loyal crew that they run into his tent to try to get him to just get back on the treasure hunt. Sure enough, they get the treasure map and they take a peek at it. And they realize that Mr. Krabs is just using the exact same game board that they were using to try to find this treasure. So Mr. Krabs is about to attack them or something similar, and they find the actual X with the real treasure, and SpongeBob and Patrick decide to dig it up really quickly. When they finally dig it up, they start arguing about who gets what share, and SpongeBob and Patrick want to share with everyone, and Mr. Krabs wants to keep it for himself as usual. And then the real Flying Dutchman wakes up and realizes that there's people outside and they have his treasure. And so Mr. Krabs puts all the blame on SpongeBob and Patrick, and the Dutchman, instead of killing them, decides to give them two gold doubloons. Two gold doubloons. Exactly. 
and they give him two gold doubloons and decides to reward them for basically digging up the treasure for him and saving him the trouble. Mr. Krabs backtracking. He's just like, oh, but they're my crew. And the Flying Dutchman gives him a little plastic treasure chest. So, yeah, that's the end of the episode. I always like, I always like seeing episodes with the Flying Dutchman in it. Yeah, the Flying Dutchman has like a rich backstory that yeah. I just want to learn more and more about every time I see him. Exactly. <laughs> First, want to mention that one of the best insults that's very subtle because I've seen it a lot on Twitter. I know Tima uses it in uh, in speech when people are like, like the whole joke is like instead of "Hey, sweetie," you say "Hey, sweaty." You call someone sweaty. <laughs> and Patrick actually came. I think he came up with that. I would I would he like to it. give him the credit as the inventor because he's like. Um, why are you so sweaty? Uh, so Mr. Krabs is all excited about this damn money and he calls him sweaty. And then later on, they're like, why don't you play? And he's like, yeah, hey, sweaty, come over here. <laughs> and I was like, wow. It's like, nice one, Patrick. Killing oh, it with the insults. <laughs> but I think that Mr. Krabs gets his like pettiness in this too a little bit. When Patrick sends Mr. Krabs to jail or whatever the equivalent is in that game, he tries to fire Patrick. Patrick's like, I don't work here. So he hires Patrick and then immediately fires him. I was like, that's a pretty petty move. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty great thing. I mean, if you have the power yeah. to be that petty, why not? <laughs> I just wish that uh, Mr. Krabs didn't get so crazy over a little little plastic little treasure board chest. board game, right? <laughs> yeah, he even threw out a real customer with real money. I know. <laughs> and of course, it's like the, the My iconic my leg, but also he's like, rev up those fryers, which is another like meme that yeah, circulates the pretty- internet. <laughs> I think that kind of leads us to our first lesson where we it's don't let greed get in the way. Yeah. And Mr. Krabs is so blinded by greed that he, again, he threw out a real customer and he also just started all this crazy. Yeah. He just went on this like big, could have been like a big wild goose chase if there wasn't real treasure at the end of it. But he just like let greed like take over everything. And even at the end, he ends up not getting any gold to blooms because he was greedy. Like that was his punishment. He had a Squidward moment this week. Oh yeah, I feel like Squidward moments have been uh been generous this week. They've yeah. been really generous. <laughs> they, they have uh, these last couple episodes. They're just like boom, everyone's having one. <laughs> Everyone gets punished. Squidward needs a break. It's fine. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised that they actually found gold using a board game. Do you, how many board games do you know that you think you could actually like find items with? I was thinking about that. I was like, is there a Monopoly board I could just like follow, go to all these like different cities and places and like <laughs> decode something? Yeah. So like, okay, you're going to come to New York. We'll go to bo- uh, like Park Place and we'll just snoop around and maybe we can, buy, we, we can buy a hotel there. Yeah. <laughs> Great. That'd be nice. And we'll just, uh, we'll, and then we'll go on the railroads, snatch those up. Yeah. Oh, wait, I'm I'm going to stop talking because I'm just giving everyone my Monopoly uh, strategies. Um, <laughs> no one wants to play Monopoly anyway, so you can go ahead and give your strategy. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like to play a Monopoly, but I digress. <laughs> um, so one thing I do want to bring up is Mr. Krause being old school as always. He was like, pirates don't skip. Pirates can skip. If you're a pirate out there and you want to skip, let you can skip. Go so it's like, this is a lot of like toxic masculinity again in this mm-hmm. he's like pirates don't skip pirates don't say okie dokie like all this stuff he's like all right you just you could be who you want to be if you want to be a pirate that skips like that's fine you do you skippy the pirate yeah there you go <laughs> get a cool skippy. nickname out of it 
Okie dokie the pirate. Okie dokie the pirate. Can you just basically add the pirate to anything and just make it like a pirate name? Sweaty the pirate. Sweaty the pirate. <laughs> I gotta remember that. If I need to come up with nicknames of someone. <laughs> something something the pirate. Just have a whole theme party. Yeah. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Maybe maybe my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Although Tima's birthday's closer, but I don't think she'll like that idea. I don't think she wants a pirate party. Whatever. And look, pirate party, that's perfect. There you go. See? A perfect pirate party with Josh the pirate and Omar the pirate. Check out your uh, inboxes for invitations. Coming yeah. out soon. <laughs> Coming out soon. Sign up for our newsletter. Just kidding. We don't have one of those. I wonder, like, so it's one of the lessons I got for this is, um, like, be prepared. Have like, Be prepared for situations, especially if you're going, like, an adventure or, like, even little adventures like hiking or something. Like, bring water and stuff. But in this case, like... It's interesting how prepared Mr. Krabs was to a degree. Like he had somehow had a boat, must have like like a rent a ship kind of situation that they were able to use. I hope he had insurance. Right, hopefully he didn't crush that damn thing. Mm-hmm. But they weren't, and he even had like a tent and all this other stuff. But they didn't even have shovels to dig up this treasure. So it's like interesting that they weren't completely prepared. So I think it's good if you're going to do like big trips or an adventure of some sorts. Like, take the time to plan out a list and make sure you pack what you need. Uh, I haven't gone on an adventure in a while. Maybe I, can, I need to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I was not surprised when Mr. Krabs had the nice tent, uh, but I don't think... I've never been camping, so do you need a tent that big? No. You definitely is that don't. Like, that's like a war tent. That's, that's some like bougie t- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's some, like, glamping. Where do you even get... Where were they carrying that tent? Like, none of them had a backpack or anything, so I wanted to where they got that tent. Patrick Shorts. Oh, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So let's do, since you brought up the digging, I want to bring up our fun facts. So you actually, you actually figured out um, how many steps is 10,000 steps or paces or whatever. How much is that? Five miles. Five. An average person would walk five miles if they took 10,000 steps. So when you get your 10,000 steps a day, you're averaging about walking five miles. So they walked 10,000 paces in one direction and then 10,000 paces back and then another 10,000 paces. So what's that, like 15 miles? 15 miles on top Boom. of having to find Math. a spot, right? Because they had to find the spot that where they had to start walking 10,000 paces once mm-hmm. they crashed the ship. So they did a fair amount of walking. Yeah. Makes sense why like, they're tired. Mr. Krabs, maybe he has like, does he have a military background? Did we ever figure that out? Uh... I don't know. Maybe he was. I think they do mention that he was like. I think in he like is a like a sailor type. Yeah. You know? Because that, that, he wasn't even tired. Mm-mm. Fueled by money. There you go. Classic. <laughs> How much do you think two gold doubloons is worth? Is worth. I don't know. A lot? I would, I would think it's a lot, right? What's... Yeah, but compared to that whole treasure chest, like, I mean, granted, the Flying Dutchman's an immortal being that can do whatever the hell he wants, yeah. but. Only two gold doubloons? Oh, that's a pretty sh- reward for digging mm-hmm. up the treasure chest. But they, if they could dig it up with their hands, maybe it wasn't that hard to dig up in the first place. So maybe that's all they really deserve. Yeah, and it was like right below the Flying Dutchman ship. Like, yeah. what a lazy. That's a pretty lazy. Sh- <laughs> oh, yeah. The other fun fact. Speaking of digging, this is the first time SpongeBob and Patrick dig together. Oh. <laughs> a real friendship uh, milestone. We start digging together. Just so other people know. Josh and I have never dug together, so no. that shows that we're not real friends. No. Probably never will. That's fine. Never. That's fine. Whatever. 
Whenever. I'm not over it. I'm over <laughs> it. <laughs> uh. um, I like to bring up like all the little things that uh, Mr. Krabs said where he's like notches in his cutlass uh, cut and uh, the size of his booty. <laughs> Those are very adult references. They are. Because like, I don't know if people are aware, uh, underage listeners, cover your ears. But when you have like notches in your belt, usually that's the amount of sexual conquests a person has. Yeah. Like, oh, I got a notch in my belt. So a notch in your cutlass, even more suggestive, because what does a cutlass mean? <laughs> hmm? The sword. I know, it's a sword. I know it's a sword, but whose sword? That's, that's true. Saying. And uh, do you think a pirate could be measured by their booty? Nicki Minaj definitely can. She was a pirate. <laughs> she was. <laughs> Nicki Minaj, the pirate. See? Boom. That is <laughs> Pirate Minaj. <laughs> Pirate Minaj. That's I think <laughs> I think that I like that better, Pirate Minaj. Yeah. <laughs> That's my costume. Uh, it's crazy to think that pirates are still a real thing and also like back in the day they were like more hardcore of a real thing. Yeah. Cause like there are ships that get actual pirates. Like that's what the whole uh what was that movie, Tom Hanks? Castaway. Uh, not Castaway. <laughs> Castaway's when he's works for FedEx. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Captain Phillips. Oh, I have never a, even heard of that movie. It's like a true story, I think, too. Oh, just like the true story of the video game. I mean, of not the video game, <laughs> the, the video board game. game. <laughs> to the true story of the board game. That's true. So, so much truth. <laughs> there's so much truth in this episode. Maybe this episode is also a treasure map. Yeah. <laughs> like a couple of the lessons that I also picked up were: make sure that you bathe. Like just. Make that a habit that you bathe regularly. Because Patrick brings up, he's like, I'm so loyal that I haven't bathed in weeks. And SpongeBob's like, we've only been out for a day. It's like, I know. It's like, that's not cool. <laughs> I mean, everyone's body's different, Josh. Maybe Patrick doesn't stink. Mm, I doubt that. SpongeBob wiggled away for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> he's just afraid of germs. Yeah, maybe. He had, he had just gotten over the suds recently. You don't want that okay. to happen. I could see that, I guess. But still, <laughs> especially yeah, you if you're working in like small spaces with each other. I do advocate bathing. No one wants to smell your bo. <laughs> no one wants to. Sh- no one wants to shower either. But also, no one wants to smell. Yeah, um, and also, uh, at the beginning of the episode, when Mr. Krabs is in SpongeBob's house, like, SpongeBob is the good lesson here when he's like telling Mr. Krabs, like, "It's time to go. Like, I need to sleep." I think it can be hard sometimes when you're hanging out with friends or like you're doing something fun to tell them like. You know, actually, it's time to stop. Like, I'm tired. And, you know, knowing when that boundary or that limit is reached and being able to communicate that to people, I think SpongeBob did do a very good job. I mean, he eventually had to scream at Mr. Krabs for him to understand. But mm-hmm. still, he like he was still pushing to be like, hey, like, it's time for me to go to sleep. He recognized yeah. that he couldn't, he didn't want to be exhausted. Yeah, and, like, SpongeBob was even saying that from the Krusty Krab. Like, he said at the Krusty Krab that he was tired, and then he got home and he said he was tired. And I think I'll just... A lot of it, usually, whenever I'm at like a someone's house or vice versa, a lot of it's just read the room. Yeah, which was like the bigger lesson I got for this act was just communication too. Is like mm-hmm. learning how to communicate properly, and that's what like SpongeBob did. He was like communicating, "I am tired. Like it's time for me to stop, Mr. Krabs. This isn't fun anymore. Again, too much of a good thing could be a bad thing, and that's what that kind of shows. And also, we see that throughout the episode, um, 
communication, you mean communicating about the boat about to crash. Like they could have avoided that if SpongeBob. Yeah, I wrote that down too. Yeah. The whole clear communication because those args did not work well. No, not at all. And the same thing like with Weast, like not communicating properly about like what direction you should be going in and also not delegating to someone who might not be smart. <laughs> I have been in multiple occasions where I think the person who is the navigator in a car for like an important event or road trip ends up uh, taking us the wrong way. And I understand it's a very difficult position to be in because there are times I get lost in New York still where I'm like, oh, it's over here. And I just get like flipped around. Usually it's Lower East Side is the problem. It's not on, it's not on a grid. Not all of New York's on a grid, but uh, Lower East Side's a little bit of a, of a mess. Yeah, the, I, I blame the Lower East Side for sometimes when I get lost, but um, I can't tell you how many times I've been in a car or where... I'm very big that if you're the passenger seat in the passenger seat of a car and you're giving directions, you're the one that should be like explaining the directions. I'm not a huge fan of like Siri or whatever, but you should be looking at the route and be like, all right, um, you're looking for this exit, like say exit five and you got to turn, you're going to be in the right lane for that. And I think it's the driver's job to be like, I want to trust you. Yeah. I'm going to do that. And so you got to put a lot of trust in that person. And I don't think Patrick was the good person for that. Definitely not. Because he can't even can't even read directions. No. He said, "Weast." <laughs> okay, one thing I do want to bring up um, as far as board games go. SpongeBob, when he's gonna send Pat, oh, and Patrick's gonna send Mr. Krabs to the, to jail. Mm-hmm. If you notice, SpongeBob does like a little look to kind of like to hint uh, to like hint. Yeah. Um, I'm a. I think this is a lesson we can all learn that when you play board games or any type of uh, thing like that, you should have strategy in mind. Because I'm a firm believer that if you are doing this and you're playing a game, the goal is for you to win. But if someone else is going to beat you to that goal, then the other people should team up. I do this all the time with Uno, where I'll be like, okay, oh, this person Uno's only has... First. <laughs> like, Uno, like, this person has, like, one card. They need a draw four. And then I'll be like, I have a reverse. If I reverse it, will you be able to, like you know, let them feel the hurt. And some people don't like playing that way. But the thing is like, I play to win. And if you're not like the, what is it? The enemy of my uh, enemy. Oh my God. No, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. There There we go. We got it. Wow. Jesus, what a train wreck. (laughs) We were pretty bad. (laughs) That was really bad. I don't use it all the time. That's why. But that's my belief when we're when you're playing video oh when you're playing video games, you're playing board games, anything that requires strategy, you know, keep that in mind. And I think one time I was playing Uno and someone was calling me out for it, and I was just like, You guys can do that to me, but I'm gonna win still. <laughs> and I won to the end. Wow. Happily ever after for everyone involved. <laughs> Yikes, all uh, right. <laughs> But I I do think it's important to not let games get that crazy. No. If, if you're in a if you're like one playing games so intensely that people are like screaming at each other, and it's not in a fun way, it's like in a scary like that's not. It's time to stop playing that game. Yeah, you should stop playing that game. Yeah. Well, I, I think feel like Monopoly gets that way. Oh yeah, definitely. I think it's like Monopoly, Uno, any of those like really long drawn out games that can really like get people's blood boiling. It's like at some point you need to learn how to stop or else people won't want to play anymore or won't want to do like if you do this as a regular thing where it's like a board game night, people won't want to come over because they're like, why would I want to hang out with these people if I'm just going to have a time and be angry? 
so loyalty is also a big like theme and lesson in this thing. Yeah. How much loyalty is too much loyalty? I think you got to be smart about it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you can be loyal and it's important to be loyal, but you also have to be able to think for yourself. And if you are loyal to someone, but you see that person's making bad choices or making something destructive choices, I think it's, you should take it upon yourself to realize like, I shouldn't be following this person. I don't need to be that loyal where I put myself in harm's way or in a crappy situation. But then again, like I think that loyalty means different things to different people. Cause I think like in different cultures, you have to be loyal to that, to that end. Like even if the, like your mm-hmm. commander or whoever's in charge tells you, you do something that's stupid or destructive. Like you don't really have a choice. You have to do it. Yeah. And it's like also a tough spot, but I also think good leaders bring out like really loyal followers. Yeah. And I I think, you know, maybe Mr. Krabs started out as a good leader at the beginning of the voyage and then towards, like, the end. Oh, well, like, towards the end, he kind of, like, again, went off his rocker because, I mean, his crew was tired. They were hungry. And then instead of just, like, giving them a break, he forced pushed them to the edge. Yeah. And then made them sleep outside. Yeah. Yeah. And that was really shit. And that's, again, like, he wasn't, prepared we talked about like those little thing i said earlier is like he wasn't prepared with food or rations or like anything for his crew apparently he had that all for himself yeah it's selfish but i think that is like a a very good point that you brought up that you should be aware of when you are being loyal and not just like an employer but to even your friends yeah like they're taking advantage of you yeah like it might happen and you don't even realize it so it takes it takes a good like take a moment when you feel like something's not right, just assess the situation. Mm-hmm. And also look at people like Mr. Krabs. He, again, he had the good tent. He had a nice good tent, and SpongeBob could have just like sat for a couple seconds and been like, whoa, there's a little bit of uh, unequal distribution of wealth in this situation. Definitely not fair. Then he comes back to bite him in the butt anyways, because that's exactly what happens. Mr. Krabs tries to take all the treasure for himself. It's like all for one, right? It's a yeah. one for all. Exactly. Three Musketeers, homie. There you go. Since both acts this week kind of deal with the fact of like getting lost or, you know, not finding your way correctly, uh, we're going to talk about that and the experiences we've had getting lost. So, Omar, is there any time you've felt like you've just been lost? You know, you didn't have your phone charged enough and all of a sudden you don't have Google Maps to help you out? Um, No, because every time I get lost, quote unquote, around lost, uh, I call it going on an adventure. Oh, that's a good way to think about so, it. So I never get lost. I only <laughs> go on adventures, and I go on adventures quite often in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> always when I'm looking for, always when I'm with Tima because she'll stress me out and she'll be like, "We need to get here," and I'm like, "Got it," and I end up walking the wrong direction to start off, and then it's always bad. It's always bad. But then when I flip the script and I tell her like, "How about you find the way?" And she's asking me questions because she gets all mad. She's like, isn't it on your phone? Can't you just see it on your phone? And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, but it's kind of like confusing. And then one time I was just like, how about you do it? And the whole time she's just like, well, are we going the right way? And I was like, how am I supposed to know? Why don't you look at your phone? Wow. So, <laughs> so not not every adventure is a good adventure. but uh, She's also not the best at directions, to be fair. She did tell that one guy, the park. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I want to tell everyone that story because I want it to be immortalized. Yeah. (laughs) So we're walking down the street. Full blast. (laughs) I'm definitely calling her out because I still have, I feel bad for that guy. 
we're walking down the street um south in manhattan which becomes important later um eventually when you walk south far enough you hit um if you're on the correct street brooklyn <laughs> uh you don't hit brooklyn gosh you're gonna be so lost you gave it, josh um you hit washington square park and this poor man came up to us and was trying to talk to me but tima is not very good at interactions with people in public uh, she wa- reads a lot of true crime, so she always thinks she's about to get murdered. So this guy came up to me and was like, oh, do you know how to get to Antima? Instead of like fully listening and fully understanding where she was, and granted, again, I don't walk around this neighborhood. Tima was working in this neighborhood at the time. So I was like, cool. She decides to yell that way. Take a right and just keep going straight. And then when you hit, I think, 8th, just hit eight when you hit eighth, keep going. And she's like, and the guy's like, where? And she's like, just keep going straight. And she's like, like going in on him. And sure enough, uh, this guy walks his way. We walk one block and we're at Washington Square Park. Terrible. All he, all he had to do was keep going the direction he was going. Terrible people. <laughs> and to this day, that guy sits. Because um, again, if you're facing south, then you take a right. You're walking west guys can visualize that i'll give you a little moment for that um you're gonna hit the hudson and when you hit the hudson that guy is probably just still standing there he lost it's like where's the park months later yeah and then we are when we finally got to the park i saw there was a wedding there and i just i'm 100 percent sure that he missed that wedding man that's Fatima won't say that but he definitely missed that wedding and so fatima ruined someone's wedding forever haunted She'll be forever haunted by that fact, I'm sure. No, she, she won't care. I'm no. forever haunted by that <laughs> So what about you, Josh? Have you been lost or got someone uh, else lost? I've definitely been lost in New York. Uh, it's like trying to find some bar there last time to hang out with some friends. And I ended up like way past, men, like mid past Midtown, like in the East Village. And I was like, how did I even end up here? And then end up trying to get an Uber, but there was like a parade going on. So... The Uber couldn't get me where I needed to go, but it turned out if I would have just stopped like in Col- at Columbus Square and walked five minutes, I would have been at this bar an hour. Or, like I was two hours late to meeting my friends. It was bad. Nice. <laughs> um, but like a worst time was I was um, I had spent the summer in the Boston area in Salem, and so mm-hmm. I went to go visit Boston. And it was like walking around, just exploring, and my phone died, and oh, I had to get back worst. to the train station. And I was like, oh, man, I have no idea how to get back. So I just, like, tried to retrace my steps as best as possible through, like, these neighborhoods I had no idea where I was at. But I eventually found it. I was like, this landmark, I remember this. I had to turn right here. It was fine. And then you as soon as I got home. You didn't directions? No, I didn't. There's not, I was not going to stop a stranger on the street. I was not, <laughs> I was not that desperate yet. <laughs> you didn't want to run into a Fatima who pointed you to the wrong yeah, direction? Yeah, exactly. The Boston people, pretty nice. So I feel like a, a lot of New Yorkers go through that fear when like well like newer New Yorkers, yeah. like older New Yorkers, I'm assuming they just think they know where everything is. But like newer New Yorkers, I've seen like a mo- I know multiple people where like I gave someone directions and I was like really afraid that I could put them in the wrong path. And as soon as they left, I checked my phone and realized <laughs> I used it the wrong way. Damn it. Um, um But yeah, I as soon as I got home that night though, I was on Amazon, I was like bought a one of the backup battery chargers for my iPhone. So, like, our lesson from the last little um, act was be prepared, and that's very important. Like, 
we have phones, they have maps on them. Make sure you can charge it so you don't get lost. <laughs> Isn't it so frustrating though when someone else comes to you and they have their phone and they have no idea where to get anywhere? It's like, like, do you not know how to use Google Maps yeah. or any other type of map service? If they are older than like 40, I try to understand that because my parents even have hard times trying to like use Google Maps or anything. Mm-hmm. My mom still pulls up MapQuest sometimes. I'm like, mom, that's so unnecessary. <laughs> Another time we were in uh we were in Chinatown and there's like two dudes who I, I don't think they were from around here. I think they were tourists for sure. Uh try to stop Tima and I and they were like, Oh, where's the East Village? And they were like walking in a completely different direction. And I was like trying to point them in the same way, but then of course Tima was like, uh bye. She just left. <laughs> uh true crime, man. Jesus. She's she's true like, crime. I don't trust I don't trust any of those people. She just became I, a New Yorker way too fast. No, I just think she's a woman living in a in a real world where women get murdered That's quite fair. often. <laughs> Yikes. Jumping into Act 2, Rock Bottom. Personally, I remember this episode very fondly, so I'm excited to talk about it. Woo-woo. We join SpongeBob and Patrick as they're leaving Glove World, a apparently very well-known amusement park in Bikini Bottom. They get on the bus and... They're reminiscing about all the things that they got, um, all these souvenirs and stuff, but they are to get too caught up and don't realize that they are actually on the wrong bus. It isn't until Patrick notices that he sees a sign that says they are leaving Bikini Bottom that they have already in the wrong direction, and it's too late by the time that the bus starts diving down deep, 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 all the way down to their new this new town, Rock Bottom. And so SpongeBob and Patrick are very uncomfortable their surroundings it's dark it's spooky they can't read the signs everything people talk funny even the soil talks funny to them talking (laughs) raspberries so they're like all right we need to get on bus we need to get back to bikini bottom spongebob is like all right i'm gonna go check the bus schedule and while he's doing that patrick's on the bus and spongebob tries to chase after the bus and can't climb up the hill this goes into a bit of a montage of spongebob having struggling to catch the bus he runs into problems with either his balloon flying away, him trying to get candy, or the bus just blatantly ignoring him. So he gets so frustrated to the point where he's like, all right, I'm going to go to the bus station. I'm going to get figure this out and get my ride home. He goes to the bus station. He's like, I'm first in line, and no one's going to tell me different. And there's this huge scary fish behind him. He's like, all right, second in line. And there's another scary fish behind him. And this continues all the way until he's like 342nd in line. <laughs> and so... He waits in line, finally gets to the front. The teller tries to ask him what he needs, but he can't understand him. So SpongeBob has to speak with raspberries. And finally, the teller's like, oh, you should have just said something. The next bus bikini bottom leaves in five seconds. And that was the last bus for the night. So he turns off the lights and SpongeBob is stuck in the dark in the bus station. Terrified, he tries to pull out his trusty glove flashlight, but it goes out and he realizes that he's no longer in regular darkness. This is advanced darkness. So panic sets in. He starts hearing someone in the darkness. He tries to run away, and it turns out it is this fish that he had met earlier that had like a red glowing light on his head. This fish had found SpongeBob's balloon and tries to blow up, or starts blowing up his balloon and ties it to SpongeBob's wrist. SpongeBob, not really understanding what's going on, is like, hey, like, I don't need this. I need to get home. And the fish was actually trying to just blow up his balloon so he could fly away from rock bottom and get back to bikini bottom, which is exactly what SpongeBob does. Lands back at his house, only to see Patrick on the bus 
going to rock bottom trying to save SpongeBob. And that is where <laughs> the episode ends. So again, another circumstance of here of getting lost. I did relate of being very scared in a new setting and being like, well, I'm if I don't find a way home. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a great example. And I think like a, a metaphor, simile, whatever, <laughs> comparison to anyone who gets lost in like a big city or gets lost in what they think is a dangerous neighborhood. Yeah. Because if you notice everyone in Rock Bottom, like, yeah, they look weird um, and they are different than SpongeBob, but like there's no real danger at all. No. And they're so like Patrick and SpongeBob were both so afraid of just like the new things. And like, it kind of reminds me like when I was looking around New York, I was looking in different neighborhoods um, to, to live in. And I remember being like certain parts and I was like feeling really uncomfortable because there's just a lot more people out on the streets than I was used to. Yeah. Cause like in Tucson or any other like place, if there's someone walking and it's not like in a uh, college setting, then it's like weird. It for is them weird. To be walking. Mostly everyone either, drives. Yeah. They're either driving or like if they're not waiting for the bus or walk, but like if you see like a mob of people like walking around, it's weird. Yeah. It's like, what is, what is their parade protest <laughs> going on? Whereas, like, in New York, like, there's people on the streets all the time. Yeah, everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. I mean, there are quieter neighborhoods, so, like, it does... So there are times where you get a little spooked, yeah. but... It's like it's like that in a lot of big cities. I felt that same way in San Francisco. Like, there are just a lot of people just walking around everywhere, and, like, there's not really... I mean, people drive, but they take the BART mostly, and so you're still encountering people walking around and stuff, and it is kind of weird to be, like go from Tucson or somewhere in Arizona where everyone drives, right, to now somewhere where people are walking everywhere. It is kind of, like, unsettling, and it feels odd. Yeah, and I, I like, um, I mean, we talked about it last week, about, like, how PC culture is also playing a part into, like, nowadays television and even with SpongeBob and how it, like, relates. And I think this one also touches on something really, really big, and that's, like, gender identity. Yeah. Well, let me read off the fun fact really quick because fun facts. this is just like an uh, a, assumption that someone has made online. It says the public toilet has like, you know, an upside question mark and upside down question mark. And it's unknown which gender belongs to which bathroom. But since the one eyed creature who was also the bus station employee came out of one of the under like the upside down question mark uh, and had a male voice, it could be assumed that it's probably a male identifying bathroom. Assuming gender. Again, assuming gender, which is not always the best way to do it. I think the episode does bring like a very surprisingly, I mean, people were talking about like transgender uh, people in that time, but not as not openly in cartoons. No, you know, definitely. And I not. feel like it's like a weird little um, window into that conversation. Yeah. Well, especially it's like super prevalent nowadays, right? Mm -hmm. Like there is this huge discussion about whether or not we should make like non like, gender bathrooms like everyone can go into whatever bathroom they want mm -hmm. and it, like that's i wonder if that's was just rock bottom it was just being more progressive yeah because i mean it, it is a weird place and then all the fishes are like modeled after like the deep sea fishes which like you know have like cool colors the aliens looks yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of nuts but um no but like even spongebob saying like oh we'll just look at who leaves yeah and, like, I feel like so much of our gender identity in, in general is kind of based on all these visual cues that are now being, like, kind of skewed because, like, you know, now you can have people who are who identify as men 
wearing dresses and stuff like that. And there's even people who identify as women who look, you know, uh, have more masculine features. Mm. And so it's like, again, like I, I thought it was really interesting that looking back with the, you know, the 2018 lens on SpongeBob, that this episode had all these like gender specific, like it's such a small little moment, but it's like, it is important though. A big, uh, topic. And it's kind of interesting too, like going to, um different places or different cities people dress and act differently and like for sure coming from like a place like tucson or arizona going to big cities like san francisco or new york there's a lot more um acceptance for dressing who you want how you want like you could Mm -hmm. your dude wants to dress um with like with a dress or whatever like that's completely fine you see people walking like that all the time in new york or like san francisco or bigger cities but like going to school here in Tucson, like I don't remember ever seeing really that. I don't feel like that culture was super supported here. Yeah, either it's not supported or it's just not as large of a community. Uh, yeah, of a yeah. community. And yeah, there definitely was a like you know a transgender community in um in Tucson. But again, it's like in a in a city, I feel like you just encounter it more. Yeah, there's just more which people I think that is just you're better. Gonna, yeah, yeah, it is better, and that's why I think it's. When you go to a new place, like that's a lesson. You just got to be open-minded and accept, like the change and what's different there. And I think that's where SpongeBob and Patrick kind of lost sight. There is just they didn't do that. They were too scared, too afraid of the new surroundings to kind of open up to what was around them. And it's weird because they're so accepting in every other instance. Yeah, which I think is a little bit out of character for them in this season, but I guess fear can do that to you. It can yeah, make you do I think that's stuff. and that's a good that's a good one. It's just like fear can change people. Like there's a lot of good people out there that as soon as they get stuck in a scary situation, like completely change. It's like flight or flight takes hold, and they can play, they change into a completely different person. But also, like to be fair, that bus ride was pretty startling. Yeah, yeah. If, if I if I free fell uh, on a bus and had my clothes ripped off from my body, I'd be pretty afraid. Into this big dark city, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, where the I'd hell be. am I at? But yeah, that's just like a I guess a good lesson is just like one, don't assume gender. SpongeBob was trying to do that, did not work out. Mm-hmm. Also, I just I think in bathrooms in general should just be like, I'm a huge fan of the the bathroom that is for everyone, the unisex bathroom that has a closed door. Yeah. Because then it's like your own bathroom. Yeah. I've been seeing a lot more restaurants and stuff and bars are just like that have those bathrooms. It's just like, mm-hmm. instead of saying man or woman, it's just like human, human bathroom. Yeah. Like, I appreciate yeah, you. Like, Thank you for doing like, this. <laughs> if you don't really even want to take a stance, just label it bathroom. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like this complicated thing. But, uh, but yeah, I, I like it. I like that it like kind of taught you that little lesson that like, you know, you can't always assume gender. Yeah. <laughs> and and then the whole, like you were saying, like with the whole um, being in a new area and just like even the language barriers and the communication that was going on mm-hmm. is just like be open to all that stuff. You're in someone else's neighborhood or wherever you have to, they don't have to accommodate to you. You're the visitor. Yeah. And that's so. like a big thing. SpongeBob's like, I'm first in line. You have to help me. Like, this is like, I have the right. It's like, no, you're in someone else's place. Like you're in a new place. Like just because you're stuck panicking in a crappy situation doesn't mean that you're entitled. And that's a good thing. And like, again, like fear changes people. SpongeBob didn't become this happy go lucky person anymore. He became entitled and kind of a jerk. So definitely a jerk. Yeah. It's weird that fear can do that to people. Yeah. And then you see, especially now you see all these cases of people being like total 
public. Usually it's a racial thing, which like, again, does someone else's hang up for other things. But like, even in general, there's people, uh, I just recently saw this video of a lady on a plane who was complaining about being sat next to a baby because the baby was crying. And it's like, come on. Think about like think about what you're doing. Like, are you afraid the baby's gonna cry all the full time? Like, get over it. You're an adult, and you're in a plane. No matter where you sit, you're gonna hear that baby cry. Even yeah, first like, class got to hear that. But they like ended up like she made a big huge fuss and like she ended up getting kicked off the plane or having to book a different flight or something like that. Like that entitlement is just you know it's it's super sh- yeah. So don't be a person. Don't feel like you're entitled to stuff because a lot of times you're not. You're not. Yeah. Not at all. No. Um, let's lighten it up. What do you think they do at Glove World? Glove World is so interesting to me. It's just like this weird amusement park based on gloves and like why? Why is this a bikini bottom attraction? Why is glove so important there? Well, I know why it's so important. Why? No glove, no love. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I did write down beforehand. That was a pre-written joke. Yeah, good. You're you're welcome. (laughs) Um, I'm here all week. But it is kind of funny because if you look throughout different, like, um, places that have amusement parks that aren't, like, Disneyland or Universal Studios, because everyone knows about those. Mm -hmm. But there's, like, Hershey World in Pennsylvania that's all dedicated to, like, Hershey chocolate. There's, like, Dolly World, which is all amusement park dedicated, like, Dolly Parton and there's even Elvis's, which is Graceland. Graceland, yeah. It's just like all like Elvis theme. And I think it's it is interesting because what is an amusement park really? It's just like Place a collection rides. of rides. Yeah. And like some type of theme. Yeah. It's that just ties like it all together. A bigger carnival. Right. Yeah. A permanent carnival. But uh I I do like that he eats that Pez and it's glove <laughs> glove flavored. <laughs> and also the fact that he just like wails on the uh the bus driver with his balloon. <laughs> glove. That's a pretty that's a pretty hefty balloon. It flew him yeah, home it was... and it beat up the bus driver. Yeah, Hope we paid also... good money for that. Um, I feel bad for bus drivers oh, because yeah. I feel like they go through that a lot where it's just like you gotta pay and they're like, oh, okay, and they're like trying to make a big deal. And then SpongeBob when he's buying that candy bar, just pulls a quarter out of his pocket really that's easy. What I'm saying. He spent like, exactly fifty cents. He had the change. He had the change. Why isn't he made such a big deal about not being able to find it? I think SpongeBob was low key trying to get out of pain for the the bus. Yeah. He's just playing dumb. I've seen, uh, I did that once when I got on the bus. You're supposed to, when you get to JFK, no, JFK, when you get to LaGuardia, when you fly in, uh, you're supposed to buy a Metro Pass or whatever. And I didn't know that until like I was on the bus. And it's supposed to help you for other, like, you know, travel and stuff, but you're supposed to prepay before you get on this bus. And I just got on. <laughs> And I was just like, okay. And I got this bus and I got like a free ride all those places. And then I realized other people were paying. And I was like, oh, whoops. Oh, Oh, because we mentioned the candy, the buttons that SpongeBob presses for the kelp nougat crunch are A-B-E-F-A-C-F-E-C. Nice. So if you're ever in rock bottom and you need to get a kelp nougat crunch, that's the code to get it. Thank you. I'll remember that next time I end up there. (laughs) Remember the accents too. So that way people can understand you. I think my all favorite line or all time favorite line, like I won't say through all SpongeBob, but definitely in this episode and let's like high up there for SpongeBob is the advanced darkness thing. That's so funny. <laughs> I love it so much. I don't like I didn't remember that, but once I heard it, I was like, This is a great line. Yeah. <laughs> this is just darkness. It's advanced darkness. <laughs> and it definitely what feels that, that way. Mean? If you're like in a scary situation, everything seems more scary. Like at night if you're walking around in a different neighborhood or you're like driving around, you're like, It's really dark. 
this is darker than it's ever been. Or if you like turn off the lights and you're walking out of work and you're locking up or something, everything just feels darker. <laughs> or the lights though, when you click off in the hallway, but you have to walk down the dark hallway. Yeah. Or like That's post, advanced darkness. post horror movie, like trying to get up to go pee or anything. You're like, damn it. <laughs> Everything's so scary. All the noises in my house. Man, I, I'm going to use that now all the time. I'm like, oh, yeah, I was, I was experiencing advanced darkness <laughs> whenever it was like a scary like situation. But I had to be in the dark for like a couple seconds. <laughs> That's good. Um, I think one of the biggest lessons I got for this episode was like, be patient. I think because Fudgeball was panic- panicking a lot. I don't think he really was patient enough to like wait for the bus. Like he had to go get candy. He had to go after his balloon. He had to go to the bus station. He had to do all this other extra stuff. If he just waited, like yeah, I guess the like the buses were like trolling him. But I feel like if he would have waited and just been patient and not panic, he probably could have gone. Do you wonder why they were trolling him? Because he didn't pay his fare the first time. Yeah. (laughs) That's why I don't go on the bus anymore because I know that one bus driver. (laughs) He's like, it's you. And have to run away in a comedic fashion. No, but I, I I do think that's important when you're taking public transportation is check where you're going. Yeah. Always. Oh, yeah. That's there a, are that's times where thing. I'm not paying attention here in New York and I uh, hop on like a train <laughs> and I realize I got on the downtown train, especially if it's a new neighborhood. Like there, I work all over the city sometimes. So like sometimes I'll be like in a certain station I've never really been to and I'm like just trying to get home and I'm like, oh, sweet. There's the A. I'm just going to go hop on it. And then I don't pay attention which way I'm walking because I'm like <laughs> listening to a podcast or listening to music. And then I, I look up at when I'm on the train and I'm like, I'm going in the wrong direction. <laughs> I am, I am further south than I need and, to be. All the way in Brooklyn. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was really cool because so SpongeBob actually has to tie a shoe at some point in time is one of the reasons he misses the bus. And I think it's a throw. I guess it's not a throwback. It's a throw forward. A, 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 a foreshadowing. A foreshadowing. Throw forward kill myself um <laughs> um of the the loop the loop episode. episode yeah that i think doesn't come in to like next season maybe even season three mm-hmm. yeah so i thought that was pretty funny so i think again during this whole piecing together this timeline this must have happened before after that because he even does it he's like all right loop de loop pool <laughs> i have a small confession to make josh you not know how to tie your shoes no. All right. No, not that at all. I'm actually really great. Sidebar, I'm very, very great at tying my shoes. I am one of the fastest shoe tires you'll ever see. Yikes. All right, brag. Brag about I've definitely tying sh- your shoes. Have I not showed you how I tie my shoes? Do you do that weird, that trick? Some people try to teach me that one trick that you like make a knot super fast. Mm-hmm. It only shaves like uh, a second or two off your tiny shoe. So I don't really know, care that much. One second a day for your entire life. So That's enough time. That's enough time to like... Hug someone, Josh. Mm, all right. <laughs> I got a lot of people. I got a lot of people to hug in my future, so I'm trying to save up the time now. We'll see about that. <laughs> Keep bragging about tying your shoes. People want to hug you anymore. <laughs> <gasps> yeah, they will. They'll be so impressed. They'll be like, "Wow, look at this man!" All right. What's your look confession? at this grown man? What's your confession? Um, so I found out that the SpongeBob Wiki actually has a timeline. <gasps> Does it really? They've attempted Ooh. to put all the. I've only gotten through like the beginning parts because. Some of the timeline includes stuff from the very new episodes. Oh, like, okay. And it's crazy. There's like a whole, like, uh, they assume like the birth of Neptune's year and like these other events that happen in, in Bikini Bottom like every 100 years or something Ooh. like that. It's nuts. Maybe we'll do a special but, on that. Discuss it. Yeah. We'll discuss the whole timeline. I think maybe the end of the whole uh, 
um, series of our podcast. We'll discuss the timeline. Timeline. Yeah. Maybe we'll get sponsored Maybe. by SpongeBob Wiki. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they make money. Maybe they can't. I don't know. That's what I was wondering. We mentioned we mentioned every single episode. I know. And la- like the last little thing that I want to bring up is um, like how good of a friend is Patrick? Like he did miss the bus. I mean, to be fair, he probably could have asked the bus driver to wait for SpongeBob. I think that's not the best. He probably unless the bus driver like did not care and just like get on, we're leaving. But he went back. For SpongeBob, he went. He was going back to Rock Bottom to this scary place to go find his friend. Like that's good. I think that's. You think he's know. a good friend? I think he's a bathroom. I don't think yeah. he should have ever fucking left. I guess that he, he should have not he been waited. on the bus. Maybe he, he thought just... that SpongeBob was going to get onto the bus. <laughs> no, well, he thought he was going to catch the up. I was like, "Oh, you can wait on the bus. So of course, we'll wait for your friend," and just like took off. <laughs> he is a little dumb, so he probably would have assumed that, like, "Oh yeah, SpongeBob can catch up. <laughs> He'll be fine." No, if anyone did that to me, I'd be so mad. <laughs> like, one that's, like, so scary to be like, okay, I'm lost, and then the one person you have to, like, see you through the whole situation is, like, riding away on a bus. Yeah, you're like, great. Actually, <laughs> I'm alone, it, scared. It reminds me of this time uh, when when I was younger. <laughs> Side note, it's a kind of a sad but funny story. Um, I used to go to after-school, like, daycare, like, program situations. The bus would pick me up. On this particular day, it was a like day off because I grew up on an army base. So it was a day off for all the military personnel. And my parents had forgotten to pick me up. And the after school program did not <laughs> operate on that day because everyone was off on that day. So they were like, oh, these parents can just pick up their own kids. And so I walked home all by mm. myself. I even behind my back, I wasn't actually trying to do it, but like I had seen like on TV, like people stick out their thumb, like the hitchhikers and yeah. stuff. But like I had behind my back, like my thumb out, even though it wasn't really out. I was just like being stupid. <laughs> and anyways, I walked down the street and there was two ways to get to the school from my house. You could take a right out of my street or a left out of my street. And so I had gone about to reach my cul-de-sac and my parents, again, they were only one car at the time had were leaving the street which i'm assuming to go pick me up and they took a left to the opposite direction of where i was and i chased and i chased and i chased the <laughs> the car because i thought they had left me and i walked all the way home and i was just like sitting on my front steps and i was like crying because uh i thought they had left me and then my dad opened the door and realized i realized he had stayed there to like clean i guess at, at the house and my mom had like forgotten so she was like oh we gotta go pick up our son and i went to go <laughs> pick me up and i was there at the at the house already wow but it was i still have imprinted in my mind me running after that car <laughs> and to this day i don't run after buses anymore it's not worth it yeah even during school like every now and then i put a little pep in my step to catch the bus at school but i make it not a thing not to run after pr- tri- public transportation because then I, you give everyone else the satisfaction of watching you miss, miss your, your bus unless you have a nice bus driver who actually sits there and wait but I no. hardly ever like driving around, watch people run to bus stops and see the bus driver wait for them. A lot of times, just like see the bus driver, like nope, I'm gone. Bye. Yeah, especially <laughs> if it's a city, and especially on the subway. Oh they, yeah. There was one time on the subway, I just ran up to the subway, and it was like the door was just about to close because I was like three feet away from the door, but the guess the guy didn't see me, so he closed it. That or the guy saw me and closed He's it. Like, like you. <laughs> to be honest, though, the the. The train was just about to leave. I was like, I saw it at the corner when I was at the top of the stairs, and I was like, maybe I can catch it. But I don't, I don't run. I don't do that dramatic, like, wait. I don't like that. 
did that too many times in my life. I'm never doing that again. And that's why uh, Grandpa SpongeBob is right. Don't chase chase (laughs) after. What what does he say? He's like, don't chase after a moving bus. bus. That's especially going uphill at a 90 degree (laughs) degree angle. angle. (laughs) Wise words. Thank you, Grandpa SpongeBob. All right. I need to get our big lessons in this week. Big lessons. Big old, big old lesson. Big old lessons. So what was your big lesson this week, Omar? Uh, my big lesson for this week mm-hmm. was let others help you and reward them when they do. Ooh, I like that. That's really so, positive. Yeah, it's nice and positive, and it's it acknowledges two things: that one, we're we're human beings, or you know, fish people in the case of SpongeBob, um, and we should let people help us. With Mr. Krabs, he let SpongeBob and Patrick help them. Well, more like. He used them, but he used them. But the thing is, like on any adventure, you want people to help you. (laughs) Yeah, you want people to help you. And at the at that point, they were very helpful. They were very wonderful to, um, to be around and just to have you know dig up the the treasure at the very end. And then same with SpongeBob, that fish with the glowy uh red orb. I'm just gonna call him the red fish. Red fish. The uh the red fish like had a plan in his head. He probably could have communicated it better, but you know he ran off and ended up getting SpongeBob home, and he didn't get his reward. And I think his reward was just a good deed done. Yeah, but um, he did get with it, Mr. Thank Krabs. You. They Some... they got their doubloons. Yeah, you know. So I think I think it both episode uh, both acts showed us that they showed us that like um, you can ask for help, and you can and when people do help help you, try to reward them when they're done. Yeah, I think that's really good. Um, I think that's a really good positive way to like spread. I mean, there's like the whole movie pay it forward, right? It's like if someone does a good act, you do a good act. And sometimes it doesn't in like the movie, you pay it forward to someone else. But I think in general, mm-hmm. it's just like it's nice to spread that positivity. So if someone does something good for you, um, it's nice just to put that positive energy out in the world again in some way. Uh, and I think it just makes people happier. It just makes and I think it makes you happier as a person. I've definitely noticed like doing that being reciprocating kindness or like good actions just makes me happier and a more positive person. Yeah. Especially cause like you don't know the other person, like what kind of predicament they're in. Yeah. And like, I, I'm also weary of people on the street who are like, I need money for this. I need money for that. Um, so I don't really help in a financial way, but I will help people. Like I've told people like, Oh, if you, if you're really hungry, cause they'll be like, I'm like, I'm hungry. I need money. Like, can you give me money to eat, feed myself or whatever? I've been like, you know what? I won't give you money, but I will order you food. That's so good. So like, come inside with me and like order something, and I'll pay for it. Give it to you. Yeah. And like again, like I don't like giving people money because I don't know how they're gonna spend it. Some people will be responsible. Some people are not. And unfortunately, that's the world I I kind of feel that we live in. But like, it's one of those things that just being able to help people out it does kind of give you the warm and fuzzies. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I swipe people in on the subway because some people don't have their their subway pass paid for and it's just like and it doesn't cost me anything because i have an unlimited pass so yeah yeah why not just again putting that positive energy out there doesn't really affect you you don't really lose anything most of the time it's like you're gaining something in some way so it's important to do that that's good yeah so what do you got josh what's your Um, big lesson i think mine is a little bit more like dark not dark no is less like heartwarming more of like street smart kind of stuff it's just like be more observant. Like mm-hmm. make sure that you're observing your surroundings. 
um, because you can't get stuck in situations where it's like you need to remember where you're at or you need to be able to under like I don't know take in your surroundings and process it properly and that's what we see in the first part I think that they all could have been more observant. I mean, SpongeBob was the only one that saw that giant wall that they crashed into with the ship. That was a huge <laughs> wall. Like they, Patrick and Mr. Krabs could have easily seen that. They were more observant. Yeah. And then more of a general case, like SpongeBob and Patrick could have been more observant about how Mr. Krabs was using them and realized that he was just doing this out of greed and not doing it to have like fun adventure and they weren't going to get anything out of it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to like observe the people and your surroundings. And we see that in the second part. It's like SpongeBob should have been more observant of the people around him weren't malicious or they weren't mean and that his surroundings weren't as scary as he may have thought. Like, and in a more, and like <laughs> go even further back, they should have been more observant about what bus they're getting onto. Like exactly. it's okay to get caught up and have fun and get caught up in the moment. But if that you need to make sure that you're paying attention to what's going on around you. So you don't get end up taking another bus or taking the wrong route somewhere and getting lost. So I think that was all part of it. And we even talked about that in our bubble break, like being observant, like looking out for landmarks if you're lost somewhere. Like it's definitely something I had to do in Boston when I got lost. It's like check for landmarks, remember where I was going. So Yeah. And I always tell people, especially like in New York, I'm like, what, with New York, if you, as long as you know where north is, odds are, because you're on a grid system, yeah. it kind of works out. So like, you know that if you're going one way and you know that avenues get you know, higher or lower one direction or streets go higher and lower in another direction. It's like, it makes getting around pretty easily. Like I said, lower Manhattan's a little more confusing because things get a little bit less grid-like. But again, being observant of just your surroundings. And I think also what I like about yours, Josh, is like being observant also makes you a little bit more empathetic to everyone else as well. Because then you're seeing other people, you know, just going about their lives. And again, it opens your eyes to like, you know, maybe there's someone near you that like you realize is probably a little bit uncomfortable because of like I I always go back to like the subway. So like if you're on the subway and like the person next to you is obviously uncomfortable because there's too many people around them. If you can like scoot over a little bit, give them that space or I people don't step all the way in on the f-ing train. Like if everyone's getting all crowded by the doors, it's probably your fault because you could just step in. Yeah. Yeah. Like, things like that. And they that being that kind of observance again, ends up making you, I think, a better person. Yeah, and it happens in a party setting, too. If you're at, an, at a party and you notice, like, one of your friends is clearly acting different or being distant or whatever, like, be observant. Like, watch the people that are at this party that you're with and check in with them because maybe something happened. Maybe they're not feeling good. You know, anything could be happening, and especially in situations where people are drinking a lot or, like, having, like, a big party and stuff because someone could, like, very easily start puking somewhere or like need help you need some water mm-hmm. like all it takes you observe like them getting a little 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 too you know um tipsy or whatever and you like offer see getting that sloppy getting sloppy <laughs> yeah it's like offering them a glass of water and just being able to observe a room of your friends and like noticing your surroundings i think is really important in any kind of circumstance so yeah and it also helps too so you don't get attacked by ninjas yeah exactly you never know when those ninjas are gonna pop out of nowhere um, I want to thank you all for listening to this week's episode. Special announcement. I should have announced it at the beginning, but it's too late. I'm not going back and I'm not putting it in. Uh, special announcement. Next week, if you are a fan of Texas, and if you're not a fan of Texas, it's the special, it's the SpongeBob Texas episode, and we have a special guest, our very own person from Texas. Her name's Destiny. I think it was gonna, it's going to be a fun episode. It'll be a fun. very, very fun Check episode. Check it out, y'all. 
yeah, check it out, y'all. y'all. <laughs> Howdy. Get a get along, little doggy. Yeehaw. Yeehaw, <laughs> indeed. There's a, ya- a lot of yeehaws and hee-haws up in that one. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, if you want to send us anything or any suggestions for future episodes, um, or, you know, just want to give us a good old, like, Good job, Omar and Josh. Oh, thank you so much, listener. Thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> you can reach out to us on ismaniasapodcast.com or email us at ismaniasapodcast at gmail.com. Also on Facebook and Instagram, you can find us at ismaniasapodcast. And, of course, on Twitter at, at ismaniasapodcast. Um, we had a wonderful question last week. Very thought-provoking. It's still, I still think about it when we watch different episodes and moving forward. And I just think more questions like that would be awesome. Yeah. And I think I think Josh agrees too. I do, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. So again, if you really like our podcast, be sure to share it with your friends and your enemies, and to comment on Apple Podcasts or on our Android-friendly um, application, Stitcher. So yeah, just put some comments, send some love our way, send us emails, worship us. <laughs> you uh, do you. Don't you. Do the, you don't have to do the last one, but you know, a little bit of feedback is nice. Yeah. If you want to worship us, you can, too. Yeah, That's if fine. you want to, I mean, <laughs> whatever floats your boat. Whatever floats your, your glove balloon. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, yeah, I think that's the end of our episode, and I just want you all to remember... <laughs> <laughs>